Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Prepper Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pritchard. It is Thursday, April 2nd, 2020. Uh, We made it through April Fool's Day without having any kind of hiccups. Hopefully everybody has kind of seen how serious the situation is and just kind of did away with that foolish, foolish day. Uh, No real pun intended. I'm uh, currently on my way back to Iowa. Uh, There's not many people on the road, Uh, but I woke up to a snowstorm today, which is very strange to be in April, not for North Dakota, but um, a snowstorm. It is 11 degrees outside, a snowstorm that you can't see five feet in front of you. Um, One car almost got hit because they were going 15 to 20 miles below the speed limit in unvisible Uh, weather conditions so it's going to be a long slow ride and I may get in a few podcasts today Um, but the topic of today's podcast or one of the topics I know I ramble on I'm pretty bad about that but if I ever did these sitting down somewhere with a sheet in front of me I think it'd be a little bit more fixed it wouldn't just be ramblings but anyway One of today's topics is how do you get your family on board with your prepping? And I have a lot of people that ask me this, and I I mean, just through the years, I've had a lot of people that ask me this about many things in life, not just prepping. How do I get my wife involved in hunting? I'd love her to go hunting with me. How do I get my wife you know, to, to love dancing. How do I get my husband to love dancing? How do I get my husband to want to do this with me, want to do that? You know, it's, it's always one thing after the next. It's always something. You want to you be supportive to each other um, in life. And especially with things that really matter to you, you want the other person to be a part of it. And especially prepping. Because as we all know, if everyone isn't on board with prepping, it kind of throws a wrench into things. Um, I can remember, I don't remember how many years ago, but there was this experiment they did with this group of people and they put them in this big metal building. It's kind of run down, um, but the building was just like a old, like barn type thing, a shed, if you will. And, the people would essentially, it was, it was supposed to be like an apocalypse. They would send people out and they would have to find food. They'd have to find canned goods. They would have to find, you know, water, different things like that. And I think it was based in LA, if I'm not mistaken, but they had one, one particular segment on there that they invited two different people into the group. And they, they got to make a choice. You know, do you accept these two people into your group or do you send them on their way? And they, you know, they weighed the options. You know, they're like, well, these people already know we're here. If they go to another group, a bigger group, a worse group than us, then, you know, they could possibly come back and steal everything we have. It would probably help us if we had a few more people. Like, you know, they rationalized it or whatever. And then they came in. Now, the problem was 
they only had a certain amount of food, a certain amount of water. And these people were sent in specifically to waste resources. And at first they started realizing, hey, they're wasting our resources, taking 45 minute long showers, eating from multiple cans of food at the same time, not finishing them. And eventually, the, you know, they were talked to and they were sent away. And then later on, they came in and they raided them and they, they took their stuff, whatever. But, you know, that, that can happen. If, if you don't have everybody on board, the whole premise of this, me telling you this, is you could go through your supplies really, really fast. Now, I don't have a definite answer on how just 100% to get your wife, to get your husband, to get your family on board for a few reasons. One is there's there's what I would call a sensible prepper. And I think there's a YouTuber named Sensible Prepper, which I think I watched. It's very good. Uh, most of the prepper YouTubers that I watch are very, are very good, very informational. Um, so if you, if you have a chance, go to YouTube and just type in preppers and just, you know, kind of watch them. But the thing is, is you have sensible preppers and then you have extremists. And I don't fall under the extremist category, but I feel like once I have prepped everything else and there was nothing left to prep for, I would probably go for the extremist category just to be safe, just to rule out 100% of the things. I read an article once and it said the way that you should prep is you should write down scenarios that you want to prep for. And then you need to find out the likelihood of them happening. So if you live in an area, say California, and on your list you have nuclear fallout, you have tornadoes, and you have earthquakes, well, in earthquakes, they happen all the time in California. So that should probably be at the top of your list. Nuclear fallout. We're having tensions with North Korea at the moment. There's other countries that have it as well. It'd be up there, I guess. Tornadoes. I'm not 100% sure. I don't think they get them too much. Um, definitely not hurricanes. Um, but you just have to prioritize what you think is going to happen. I mean, I wouldn't stock up on, you know, 30 rifles with, you know, a million rounds of ammo and all that type of stuff. And then you didn't factor in the coronavirus, you know, and you don't have any food at all. It's not going to do you any good to have, you know, 30 handguns because we still have a law and order. I mean, you can't just go rob someone and take all their stuff. But you just have to have it lined out. Now, that's one of the issues. Is just it's so many different kinds. I think it's easier to get somebody involved if you start slow with them. You bring them in piece by piece, and just say, okay, this is going to be the next the next step that we're going to take. Where I want to prepare for this. I want to prepare for that. And then if you give them responsibility in it too, sometimes that helps as well. Don't just let them assist. Don't let them assist you. Let make that be both of your plan. Like both of you sit down and say, what do you want out of this? And it may be some things that you disagree with and you could talk it out. But in the long run of things, 
if it costs you a little bit of money to get to keep somebody involved, it's a price you, you need to be willing to pay. Because I'm telling you, if you don't have somebody that's, you know, dedicated 100%, it will collapse everything that you have. Right now, I'm having trouble with my wife. My wife doesn't understand everything that's been done for her so far. Before this entire shortage of products that we have right now, I, I saw it coming. Um, I don't remember if I started making podcasts before it happened or not, but I started talking about it on Facebook. I started talking about it individually to people. And I said, look, man, I'm seeing the signs. People are starting to line up at Costco. People are starting to line up at Sam's Club, and they've got baskets and baskets and baskets. Like, as soon as these cases get higher, they're going to freaking panic. And there's nothing we can do about it. These people are going to go crazy. So I went to Sam's, and I loaded up on stuff. I went to Walmart. I loaded up on stuff. And I went to the stuff that I knew was going to be hit. Now, I was wrong about one thing, which surprised me. Um, and that's not to say that it still won't get hit. But I went in, and uh, they started talking about how Clorox was sold out. They had already been selling out of Clorox. So it, it was past that time when um, I started prepping, basically. But I went in. And I say, well, toilet paper, that's going to be a big thing. So I got toilet paper. I got a couple cases. I didn't get 40 cases like a lot of people, but I got like two cases. And then we already had about a case at home. So I got that. And when I say a case, I don't mean a 96-roll case. I mean like a 24 to 26-roll, something like that, whatever it is, case, like a smaller case of toilet paper. Now, we got that. I bought laundry detergent, I bought dish soap, um, I bought some powdered milk just because I knew that the formula would be bought up before long. I went to the store and I bought a thing of formula for my daughter. Um, I bought two cases of diapers, which we're already on one of the cases now. I bought a case of baby wipes, which I don't remember if we're using that or not. Uh, you know, and I bought, I bought food. And my wife is using the stuff, but she does just does not she does not see eye to eye with me and does not understand that this stuff isn't over. And they're saying it hasn't peaked yet. And the problem is, I've been there. I've been there when they have places that have limits on things, and there's ways around it. There's specifically people that don't enforce it. There's people that bring a bunch of people with them and get in line multiple times. If you have someone that has plenty of water and then you have somebody that has no water and then you have another person that needs laundry detergent, the three of you guys could go in multiple times and each buy one of each item every time that you go in go go right back in the store back in line and you can buy three at a time instead of getting one at a time you can get three at a time and if you've got a big family like i had we had six of us at one time 
five of us, five of us, not six of us, five of us. My mom, my dad, myself, and my sister, and then my grandpa lived with us. So we would go to like a family dollar that would have a sale on Diet Coke. And they would limit you of, I forget how many per person. Um, I almost hate to say it because it's so many. My mom, that's all she would drink was Diet Coke. I don't know why, but that's all she would drink. She didn't drink water, tea, anything else. She drank Diet Coke 24-7. And we would go in, and they would have a sale. And it didn't matter if we had just bought some or not. We would buy them on sale. And we would leave with 20 or 30 bottles of Diet Coke. But that's what we would end up doing, is we would go in, and we would all limit out ourselves. So if it was like... A limit of five like all of us would get five and then we might go back in again like a few of us and get some more or however much money we had so that's that's a way that you can get around that now as I've said my wife is not fully on board she's even threatened to take a lot of the food that we have to a homeless shelter to a food bank to a lot of that and she's just not realizing that this food stays good for a while. She's she's one of these people that if we're not using something, we need to get rid of it. And I'm all for that on most things because I don't like to be cluttered up. The problem is, if you have a great thing, you know, if you have if you have a car that you just bought, you know, and you're like, well, I haven't worked on the car in two weeks. I guess I'll get rid of all my tools. Well, now what happens when it breaks down? And the thing about it is, I've spent a lot of money on this stuff. And if my wife gets rid of it, then we're out a lot of money because she's not going to charge for it. And she never does. We lose money every time she gets rid of something. So, here's the thing. I try to involve her in it. She's just defiant she just will not do it and i think honest to god truth you can try on people all you want i don't consider myself an extremist prepper i think i'm myself very sensible during especially during these times you know i'm not hoarding you know gobs and gobs of anything um i probably have about three to four months worth of food that's not a lot um but you know, we have it, but she, she's just not going to be on board. And I, I just feel like if, if things really hit the fan, then either she's going to have to be down with it or that's just it. Like either you're down or you're, or you're leaving. There's no, there's no other way to put it because it's not just me and you anymore. It's me, you and the daughter. So I hate to say it that way. You know, I love her, but you can't jeopardize everyone's lives just because you think it's foolish. Now, if I'm buying a thousand dollars a week of food, you know, that's the time to say something. That's a little extreme, you know, calm down. I haven't bought any food or any prepper supplies in probably the past three weeks. But in order to get your wife or your husband involved, 
the first thing I would do is I try to involve them in it. Try to just sit down with them, explain your rationale for everything, and then see what their point of view is on it. Next, you need to make sure they're not going to sabotage you. You need to make sure they understand this stuff is not for trading. This stuff is not to give away when someone comes to you. And I told my wife, it takes one day, one day for people to start asking for help when things go bad. We just had um, another plant close. I can't remember what it is. I, I can't for the life of me. But it's like a it's like a plant in North Dakota that makes. Uh, I want to say they make like big machinery. I can't remember what it's what it's called though. Um, I've been trying to think of it. I've tried to Google search it, and I just cannot think. I just cannot think of what it's called. But they make big machinery, and they're closing. They're losing about two, uh, 2,200 jobs over the state and like 200 in North Dakota, which is a good amount. Um, and it didn't take long. I started seeing people that, you know, they've been working through this. They're better off than a lot of people. But a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck, and they understand they might have a paycheck coming this Friday. Friday after that, they don't have anything. And they know that Friday paycheck this week, it's gone. It's probably already spent. They're probably trying to pay themselves back with this paycheck. Now, when that happens, people are going to start coming. They're going to start knocking on doors. They're going to start putting stuff on Facebook. Hey, if anybody can give me this, can give me that, give me that. And I'm all for helping. But what you got to do with your significant other is you've got to explain to them, we need to fully discuss this before we give people things. Because there's some people that are just in a hard spot that when you give them something, they'll try to pay you back. They'll try to do whatever they can. And, you know, they won't, they won't come to you again. There's other people that if you give them something, they're going to come by every day. They're going to try to see how much they can get from you. And then now that they know that you have things, you're in danger. How long is it going to take, whether we have civil order or not, how long would it take for you to have nothing, okay? For you to have nothing, to have a family at home that you need to feed, how long would it take before you started robbing people? Would you just lay down and die? Most people aren't going to do that. So now you have a lot of the population that are not working, that have no money, that have no access to anything. How long before they start robbing people? It's probably already happening. But to a larger scale, it's going to happen. You've got to protect yourself. Now, after you sit down, you know, with your loved ones and you discuss it and just kind of formulate a plan, let them know everything about it. Let them know how, how much things are going to cost. Let them know, you know, the different things you want to do and see if there's anything that they want to add to it. And then come up with a game plan, come up with time zones, 
and then, or time frame, should I say, come up with time frames. And then if something happens and you need to move up some stuff, you can move it up. But what I'd like to do is I would say, babe, all right, you know how to make tomato sauce. I want to buy some tomatoes and I want to buy some, some seeds to plant tomatoes. I want to get our own garden going. Um, we grow it inside. It's not a big deal. But I want to try to can a bunch of tomato sauce. And then I want to try to make this and this and this. And I want you to be in charge of that. And what I want you to do is I want you to try to get the tomatoes done by this day. And then I want you to start on this and start on that. And just different things like that and make it manageable don't make it a burden make it very manageable something you can knock out in like a day maybe on the weekend type thing and then have yourself something to do too you know don't just say hey go make this and then go sit down and watch tv you know have have them do something uh get your kids involved if all they can do is hold a bag have them help you hold a bag let them feel involved too and then you know, just keep educated. Keep watching videos on different things. Uh, stay up to date with the news, with different things in your state, especially because uh, now we've went from like a April fourteenth uh, to going back to normal. Now it's April thirtieth, and I don't think that they know. I just don't think they want to say, "Okay, it's going to be another six months." And now, uh, one of the things I was thinking about also was these essential workers, you know, the ones that still get regular paychecks. And I say regular in quotation marks because they're not paying any kind of hazard pay for these people that have to go to work. Um, But, and I know some people are going to argue and say, well, at least you have a job. They're working these people to death. I speak from experience because I am a, quote, essential, unquote, worker. They are working us to death, and they are scaring us day by day. Because as a nurse, you learn about infectious control. There's a special person in the hospital that comes around, and they write you up for what they see some stuff that you're doing that can spread disease and spread illness. And I see it out in public every day. I see someone walking around with gloves on. I see them walking around with gloves on in the hospital. And they say, well, you should put hand sanitizer in your gloves. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't wear gloves. You should wash your hands. See how stupid that is? If you put gloves on and you walk around and you touch something, whatever is on that that surface is now on your gloves. So now you go to touch every last little thing else, you've spread it everywhere. And now you take your gloves off, your hands are fine, or you think they're fine. And you don't wash your hands because you have gloves on. And it's just simply not that way. You should try to limit yourself from touching anything. Only touch something, anything that you touch, you need to buy it. Uh, Don't go through and just browse different things. Just 
keep in mind that there's germs everywhere. Not just this coronavirus, you can get other things too. But wearing gloves around, especially in hospitals, if you go somewhere where there is an infection and you touch someone and then you don't wash your hands and you go with the same pair of gloves, or you use hand sanitizer on your gloves, you're not cleaning those gloves thoroughly with hand sanitizer. There's still bacteria on it. Don't go and touch another person and go, oh, I don't know why they have C. diff. I don't know why they have MRSA. I don't know. All of my patients have that. That's so crazy. That's why. Don't do that. I also see people with their gloves on. They're eating Cheetos. How stupid is that? You just touched everything possible. And then you didn't wash your hands before you ate. You're just dipping out of the bag. You got a mask on with a hole cut in it so you can eat. What good's your mask doing? ridiculous and I know I've been rambling this whole thing I ramble all the time I ought to call it the big rambler podcast but as you'll see prepping is tough you've got a lot of things to worry about with prepping and I think we'll talk about that in the next one I don't know how long we've been going on this one but I think it's, it's getting kind of close to stop. So you guys, I appreciate you guys listening to me. Uh, as I said before, I think the best way is, is just to sit down and talk with your family. Try to compromise with them. Try to show them, especially during this coronavirus, that if you would have had this, you would have been better off. And explain to them, you're not like the media portrays everyone who's prepping to be. Uh, just realize that there's so many people out there that are mad because they're not prepared. And the thing is going to be that when trucks stop rolling and places only have what they have and you don't have anything, you can gripe all you want, but the stock's not coming back. And you've got to figure out a way to get it. And if you've got it already, you've got one up over everybody else. And he, he who has the most wins in the apocalypse. So, I've been Stephen Pritchard. I'll holler at you guys in the next one. I'll talk to you later.